It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sam Matafay sitting in for Jim White and today myself and Darren McAntony looked ahead to the next seven days for Manchester United and asked if this is do or die time for Eric Ten Hag. Meanwhile, Brentford are determined to keep hold of Ivan Tony until the end of the season, but are they naive to think that he'll still be in a Brentford shirt by the end of January? Plus, is there a space back in the Premier League for Graham Potter? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Morning, you're right. You're eyeing me up again. Is that What's a sheepskin? Borg <laughs> <laughs> line. Was that left Borg you line. in the John Motson estate? He left you a well, sheepskin. The coat. wife pressed him again today. My word. <laughs> she actually did. I was trying to get rid of this, by the way. And uh, I so you were in here. I didn't think it looked that great. She said, "No, it looks fine. It looks fine." Then the mother right. also it was okay. Go with your first instinct, always. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, nice to see you both, as nice always. To be seen. Brilliant. Good. Uh, you've come dressed as a member of the last of summer wine. Good. No, I've come to green <laughs> to respect Dara's lineage. Green shirt, oh, green right, cardigan, okay. it's all going on. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Dara's come casually dressed if he's just about to go into uh, a about boxing bout. About to muck bout. someone. Yeah. you joke me, this hoodie's too grand. I must have more than your whole wardrobe over there, pal. <laughs> it probably is. You know I, mean? <laughs> I walked into the toilet and he was walking out the other way and I thought, oh my God. Right, casual, casual. No, I'm getting over a bad chest infection, <laughs> oh, yeah. so I went casual today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, see right, you nice to see you anyway. You're Great right? to be here. Good, good. Um, let's talk about Manchester United. because. Oh yes, of course, because people don't talk about Man United enough. Dara, stable diet. Man United, uh, Man United, Grand, Man United Man, and a bit more Man United just Grand in case Hog we missed Day. it. Yes. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. They, listen, back page of the Sun today, uh, 10 to 1, Eric Starr summits as Scott vows we will fight like the dogs. Uh, Manchester United have no plans to get rid of Eric Ten Hag. They categorically uh, deny the reports that came out yesterday that they're considering alternatives. Um, after their worst start in 60 years, if you were the owner... Would you be considering alternatives? And isn't it prudent to do so? Yeah, I think it probably is. At all times as a football club owner to be looking around, except when you're, you know, when you're in a set, you're not spending your time looking at other people to replace them. Um, but, you know, with Man United, there's an argument saying it's the blind leading the deaf, isn't it? Because some of the appointments, some of the decisions that they're making and some of the reasons why they've adjusted these decisions have all been steeped in a flawed perspective. Mourinho comes in, they allow Mourinho to operate in a certain way, lives in a hotel, doesn't commit himself. I know there was challenges outside in his personal life. Louis van Gaal doesn't fit the the media shtick, so he gets the bin. Moyes comes in early and ultimately follows the poison chalice. And then they make this, for me, ridiculous decision of only going to Solskjaer for three years. 
And Ten Hag, look, I made the observation and I constantly repeat the observation. It's not meant as as clumsily as I said it about a big man, a, a small man in a big suit. I've maintained from the get-go that I don't think Ten Hag has the chops to do the job because this job, more than any other job, comes with so many different problems, challenges, because the scale of the optics on Man United. So they should be looking for alternatives, Simon says. And is that not one of the problems that in the past they haven't been forward-thinking enough, they haven't been prepared enough for eventualities that could befall them? Brighton, for example, always have an idea of who's going to be yeah, the next manager, just in case plan. someone's going to get poached or or someone's going to end up having to be fired. But you use Brighton, they're a well-run club, well-structured, well-organised they have a succession plan for players, managers, coaches, is what it is. Currently. You know, yeah, currently. And United, I don't know, you know, it, it does get boring because it is Groundhog Day. You know, last year obviously he's done well. Trophy, Champions League, everything that was required. This year it's gone pear-shaped. Um, you've also got the ownership issue. Who's making the decisions? Who's going to sack the manager? Is it Richard Arnold? Is it the owners? Is it the new potential owner or part owner that he might be? Who knows? I think it's too early. Um, but the one thing I'd say as an owner is you check the temperature in the room. So you want to make sure you hear things like he's lost the dressing room. It's the same old boring thing they roll out. So you want to make sure what is the atmosphere like inside the training ground. Now how do My, you do that? Do you well, gauge the opinion of the players? Well, you know, if you're there, you're there, you know. And you speak to people around there. You, you're clo- you're either close with the coaches or you're not. You would know. You always know. Whispers come out. When things aren't good, people are coming at you from all angles. There's one thing an agent ringing you. I used to have an agent ring me all the time about a manager. It was always if his players weren't in the team. Oh, yeah, manager's not for you. You know, if he has players in the 21 team, it would be the 21's coaches and very good. That's a typical agent's agenda. But I will say this, is that the reality of the situation is the one thing I don't like about him is he bombs out young players too quickly when there's an issue. They fart down wind of them. It seems <laughs> Who, to not get back this? in. Tanag. I look at the Sancho situation. I look at the money he spent. I look at the support he's been given. I know the owners get a lot of flack, but I think he spent no, million. He, Sancho had to get what he got. No, 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 no. Because no. Sancho's got form. Yes, he and, got it. And he got what he but deserved. But Simon, if, if, if you own a club, and it's been a while, but yeah. if you own a club and you spent that much money on a player and the manager completely bombs him out, and you're at that stage where you're not using that asset and the asset's depreciating, at what stage yeah. do you say to the manager, but do me a favour... We know he's on the naughty step. We but, know he's problematic. But there's two equations, isn't that. it? And you know this better than everybody because you're a current club owner, obviously sure. of, a, of a lesser size and scale. Yep. But notwithstanding that, it's all, it's all relative. It's the first um, You've got a situation two. where who's your champion? Who's your champion? Goes. It's your manager. Of course. Right? And you know as well as I do, when we buy players, we don't like depreciating assets, we don't like to yep. buy the player because inevitably the fella that we're buying them for is the guy that's bombing him. Correct. But somewhere along the line, you've got to take a view. Who, who are you backing? And it's never the players. If it's I the agree. players as the owner... You're going to hell in a handcart real fast. But at what stage do you say to the manager, I need to see that skill from you now to get that player to, to back? To evolve in. and improve, yeah. And, and we're not seeing yeah. that. All we hear is he hasn't apologised. But then yet. you could make the same argument. Okay, let's reverse this into a situation where it's proven to be absolutely spot on. Patrick Aubameyang. Yeah. In the dressing room at Arsenal. Yep. An investment, a new contract. Absolutely. And huge cost implications to Arsenal. Biggest contract given out. Yep. And they go with the manager. And the manager 100%. changes the fortune. Yeah. So there's, but, but, there's, there's but, a but, but is there I, a difference in structure it, above the manager at Old Trafford than there was at, uh, for Arteta? He had the support of the board. And that's what gave him the strength to be able to do that. And because of the infrastructure at Manchester United, well, is got, that impossible? He's got the support. No, 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 Arteta, uh, he, hang on. He's got the support, Ted yeah. Hag, because he's bombed Sancho. And we can make this argument about who's in front of you. There was an argument 18 months ago that Edo couldn't find his backside 
side with both hands in a mm. funnel. Now all of a sudden he's the second coming yeah. of uh, directors of football. And Josh Kroenke and, and Stan Kroenke were absentee landlords and weren't, and weren't invested. Whatever argument you want to make for someone's failings, you can make a reason for it. The failings right now are not about bombing young players. About Ten Hag doesn't it doesn't have the attention of the players for whatever reason, mm. and that's the end of the discussion. And it's bland. Yeah, and it's bland. And it's Flinna. Yeah, Flinna, the product's yeah. not good. You know, at the end of the day, if United at the moment were losing games, but they were losing games 3-2, 4-3, 5-4, whatever, you'd be saying, I can see what he's trying to do. There's problems. Yeah. We have issues. But it's bland. You watch him against Newcastle the other night. That looked like a team the manager had lost. So if you were in charge of Manchester United last now, what yeah. would you be doing? I'd be sitting with the manager and saying, how far does this go? And where are we with players like Sancho? How do we get the best out of Anthony? You know, we've committed hundreds of millions of pounds to some of the players you wanted here. So where do we go from here? Are you going to ask me for another 200 million in January? And what difference will it make? If one of the players we sign in January falls out with you in February, is he on the shelf in the summer? Because as a football club, you can't keep writing off 80 million pound players. Aubameyang is one great example, but he was 33. It wasn't but, exactly an asset also, for the football club. You also club. know with Sancho, let's have it right, Sancho's been bought for 73 million. He's two years into a five-year contract, so he's on their books yep. at 35 million. They can get him out for 35 million quid. Sure. So they're going to get their sure. dough back in a, in, a, yep. in a profit and loss, or sorry, in a balance sheet perspective. The bottom line is, is there is an element of... The one thing that he and I can't do, right? We can't price in the scale of Man United and the yeah. relativity of what Man United is as a living, breathing organism that operates at such a level. I'm listening to a book you, you might like, Darren, at the yeah. time, which is the world's biggest cash machine, which is all about the Glazers' acquisition of Man United yeah. and what Man United came from to what it became to what it is. Mm. And this is a football club in this country like no other. It's a monster. Because we spend our time, like every other media channel, if, if like the other day there was, an, there was an observation in the press, Liverpool beat Man United last year. There were three, uh, art, three articles praising Liverpool and 11 articles castigating Man United. This is the challenge that you need but to you have somebody address. Because it's the biggest football club in the world. Yeah. Because more people will click on Manchester United stories, more people will tune in to watch Manchester United, listen to Manchester United than any other football club. But you, yeah, and, that, and, and that makes it a unique job because no one is spending all their time dawn till dusk watching the decline of the Chelsea empire. People are spending all their time micro-analysing every nuance of Manchester United. It because sells. That, and, that, and, it, and it sells, but that's a scale. And that's the uniqueness of the job. And the timing of taking a point. Mourinho was the right guy for the job mm. at the wrong time yeah. because he had the profile, the presence. He was bigger than the dressing room. He just that. wasn't engaged. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ten Hag yesterday, according to reports, had clear the air meetings with the squad. From your experience, do clear the air talks ever work is that not in a sense a sort of admission of failure that you weren't taking the temperature of the room in the first place yes and no and and yes they do work I mean we've had situations where our players I saw Sheffield United have a word because this can't go on it's unacceptable mm. so when did the players start taking responsibility and we can keep going on about Ten Hag and United and the owners and new owners and everything else you've still got a product on the pitch of players earning seven, eight, nine, and they've got to take responsibility for and at some sources. stage they have to, you watch them against Newcastle McTominay I like and at least he came out and he had the minerals to say what he had to say. That's mm. a captain as opposed to the current one. But at the end of the day, the players at some stage have to stand up and be counted. So Regardless who the manager is, by the way. Huh? Something that Wayne Rooney said yesterday, wasn't it? You know, the players can do a lot more for him. Yeah, okay. But he's, you know, he's taken a job on the back of a guy that was sixth in the league mm. and Wayne Rooney comes in with a 27% win record and doesn't have the right to have the job in the first place yeah. besides his he name's Wayne Rooney. So he damn well would be saying the players can do a bit more for him. <laughs> uh, I wonder whether or not you think if um, Eric Ten Hag is doing himself any favours, does he possess the nimbleness to get himself out of a spot, either with results or sort of careful management of the situation and trying to sort of, uh, you know, handle the media a little bit differently as well because I suppose his body language and poker face help 
him in circumstances where he's winning Handle games. Handle the media, he, win games and sod yeah. the media. Well, Jose, Jose Mourinho wouldn't do that. Jose Mourinho would throw in a little bomb just to ch- to change the direction of travel. Jose Mourinho would walk out of a room saying, well, respect, you just said the biggest, respect. He'll you, do it because he wins. You, you, more. you can't you compare them said, to managers, you, you, by the no, way. Of course not. But, yeah. I'm, but you can compare the difference yeah. in impact. You have already done it. You've said that actually he was the right guy because he's bigger than the dressing time, room. Yeah. But yeah. his facets were multitude. They weren't just managing the dressing room. He could manage the media, manipulate it. You know how yeah. many eyeballs are on it. He needs to be able to do that as well, doesn't he? True, true. But the challenge is, more importantly, is to win games on the football field so you don't have to answer some stupid questions from the media who most of the time don't know what they're talking about and are looking for click and are looking for something that enables them to sell newspapers rather than look at the nuance and the context of what the fella's saying. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Ivan Tony is the subject of quite a lot of gossip. You know him and you might have a vested interest in what he does next. Yeah, we might have a, a little tipple in there, you know, a few quid. I saw your headline the other day. I was sat at home um, watching TV and it came up on Twitter. TalkSport says, not selling Ivan Tony in January. Straight away, my phone went up. I rang his agent, David Manassi. I was like, David, is this true what TalkSport are saying? <laughs> is he not going to January after all? He goes, I don't want to say what he said. But anyway, so yes, we have an interest. Obviously, you know, we played a big part in Ivan's career. And um, will he go in January? I don't know. Probably in the summer. But it would be nice if he went for 100 million in January. How um, much is he worth? How much is he worth for me? I think the type of striker he is, when he's in form, anywhere from 70 to 85 million, if you look at the market. I think he's got the best years ahead of him, and I think he's a game changer. Is there no way that Brentford, who've got only 18 months left on his contract, sure, can convince him to that. stay? They won't worry. They'll probably try. They'll probably do a contract with a release clause. I'd imagine that'll be the, the compromise. He'll probably sign one of them. They're happy. He's happy. Agent's happy. But at the end of the day, Brentford are the shrewdest negotiators in the business. I don't think they're going to lose sleep. Whether they sell him January to summer, it won't affect the value. Harry Kane at 30 went for 100 million. Um, people say the market's overinflated. United paid 50 million for a striker from Italy with a one and five goal scoring record. Mm. Ivan Tony, you score you 25 Premier League goals every year will go for £25 million more than that. Should some of the other Premier League clubs have already taken a risk on him and had the deal Chelsea done? Chelsea should have done that in August. Chelsea should have bought him in August and they would have a ready-made striker ready to go in January who's already in with the dressing room and, and, and you know well in with the manager. It's made no difference to them. So they could have done it. They had the money. They should have bought him in August. Arsenal, instead of Habits, should have bought him in August. Because again, Havertz isn't going to make a difference in them winning the title. Ivan Tony guarantees them the title and maybe a down year for Man City. He will guarantee one of those two clubs a title in the next two years. Why wouldn't Chelsea have pushed the button on a deal like that? Why would Arsenal not have gone early and just taken I, I, the five months? I don't know. Band? I mean, obviously, that what someone's worth is what someone's prepared to pay mm. and what the market dictates. And of course, scarcity sells. And in this position that we currently see Ivan Tony occupying, which is he's getting better and better the less he plays, um, like everyone else, the, the, when people aren't playing, they get better, their currency goes up. He's a very good player. Not and many I, people expected him to step up so seamlessly into the Premier League. Well, I, I did. did. I did. I did. I watched, again, again, I watched the observations about him coming out of the Championship going, he's unorthodox. How's he going to... No, he's effective. He's an effective, good centre forward that actually understands football he's got a football brain and he's got ability so when he went into the Premier League I wasn't surprised that he did what he did I was surprised at the, the lazy characterisation of him when he went up there so I'm, I'm not surprised he's achieving now there is a thought process that that the challenge with Ivan is some of the things that have come out of his mouth recently he needed to keep quiet about. He didn't need to do podcasts where he started talking mm. about some of the things that he wasn't owning and people will look at his character and say, OK, 
you know, you put yourself in this position, Brentford are the victims of the decisions that you've mm. made, and all of a sudden you're the victim of it. He's gone quiet since then. And I think that was wise, and I think that he's been told to go yeah. quiet, and I think if his agents have got anything useful to do, they'll be doing that because yeah. they know they can trouser a decent amount of money if he moves. Yeah. The point is, is that I think Ivan, like Darrow, I don't think he guarantees everyone a, a title, but oh, what I, I think he does is he gives everybody a chance. If Arsenal signed him in January, did he win the title? I, I well, uh, over Man City it, it, the, last year. This year, coming up, this year right now, Man City not at their best, even though they're up there. Yeah, everything uh, going on. Maybe. If Arsenal are top of the league in January, a couple of points, and they sign Ivan Tony, and he's fit for me. Yeah, guaranteed wins the title. I, 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 you know, listen, we, we're in the, in the world of hypothesis. Sure. I, I think that he's a very good signing for any of the top six clubs. If I was Tottenham Hotspur, I'd be looking mm-hmm. at Ivan Tony and yep. seeing if I could push that envelope. The issue looked now, at him when I was selling him. Tottenham did. Yeah, um, you know, look, the bottom line is Darrow's got a vested interest because he's probably got a whack and great big sell on. Sure. But the point is the player itself. <laughs> no, that's good business. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Have it right. Have it right. So well, Shouldn't should we trust your judgment? I, is I that got, what we're saying? I got called mad during COVID when I said I got 10 million for Ivan Tony. And everyone went, you're a liar. It was the only big deal done in COVID outside the Premier League. And we got six plus four in add ons, which we've had now. And he went for 10. Yeah, and we're going to get more. Let's have it Absolutely. right. I mean, whatever, whatever Mickey taken, I may make of him about the size of his club. He's had players go out there that they've made a lot of money off. Whether oh, it's Craig McHale Smith, yeah. whether it's yep. Dwight York, yeah, not Dwight York, um, Dwight, Dwight Gale, um, and he's got an opportunity here because yep. it's good business. Put Paid three hundred grand players, for him, and this is the this is the business that you're in. Yep. Now, Ivan Tony in himself. Look, I, I think he'll do a job for anybody. I, I don't think he's an 80, 90 million pound centre forward. All day um, long. But I think that someone will pay seventy for him, and it'll be interesting to see how how the market reacts in January and what the need is because if there is a real need and scarcity is the key component of it and you can buy a centre forward that's available in a January marketplace which they're very rare to be yeah. that I think he could go in January but it will go I think it will go for more money in January than he will go for in the summer yeah. Yeah. and that depends upon Brentford's attitude and how they want to play their hand yeah and, and Brentford are very prudent you know very sure they're, they're, they're such good operators top to bottom and we sold the player to them in August again and they're brilliant to deal with but they know what they're doing. And they won't lose a moment's sleep if they don't sell them in January. It won't affect the price for them selling in the summer. I've sold players with nine months left for millions. I've sold a player with three months left for two million quid. George Boyd many years ago. Mm. So you can still do deals last minute in the market. Ivan Tony, like I said to you, will guarantee one of those clubs. And I actually think if United have this new ownership, a new director of football, he could be one of the first big signings to make in January. And what a signing he'd be, by the way, for their front line. It's exactly what they needed. Not some player they were buying potential. They needed to buy a player who's a golden boot winner in the making. Well, he scored 12 Premier League goals last season. Who did? Um, Ivan Tony. He scored more than 12. He got 14 goals in all competitions. No, he got 20-odd goals last season. The season before, sorry, the season before, first season in the Premier League, yeah. he got 14 goals. Yeah. Second season, 20 goals. Yeah. Um, he scored less goals than Harry Kane last season. Sure. Why do you think he's worth the same amount of money or just less than that? Well, he's 27, so he's three years younger. Um, Harry Kane spent most of his life in the Premier League. Ivan Tony spent most of his life as a lone ranger. He's had two years in the Premier League. He's getting better every year. You've just done the stats. 11 and 20. If he'd been in from the start this season, he'd have 25 this season. And Brentford would probably be top six right now. So do you think that playing with better players, he'll score more goals? All day long. And Brentford are a brilliant club. And he scored 20-odd goals in that team. It's Brentford. Put him in Liverpool's team. Put him in Newcastle's team. Put him in Arsenal's team with the chances they create. Put him in Man City's team. Haaland scores, what, 35, 36 goals. Will Ivan not score 30? Be sensible. You've been in this business were a you, long were time. Were you surprised that he wasn't caught up for England earlier? All day long. But then again, there's a lot of politics going on. And I, and I looked at it and I looked at the players called up above him and I thought, no. Like they took Callum Wilson over him to one of the championships. And Callum, unfortunately, has had certain injury issues and stuff. And I thought, 
So bearing in mind what he's just said... Well, I think there was a difficulty with the FA charging him for yes, the betting offences. Yes, came out. So bearing in yeah. mind what, what Darius just said and how well he knows him, yeah. why wouldn't he be worth 80, 90 million pounds and only 60, 70? Because but that's taking Darius' opinion at face value. Sure. And Darius' opinion is based upon seeing him as a player that played at Peterborough and watching him evolve and seeing the potential. And, of course, having vested interest in the conversation. From my point of view, I think I, we're in the same space, just degrees. I think he's a top-class centre-forward. I think the market is overheated right now, and you might be able to get some, some somewhere near the prices that Dara's suggesting. I think with the expectations of the agents, with the expectations of the salaries that this boy is now going to want to get from what he's on at Brentford to where he thinks he's going to go to, on a very important contract for him at 27 years of age, yeah. I think he'll go for 70 million quid. That's what I think. And I also think you're forgetting the fact is he's not a pacey striker. He's a target man type striker. He's a centre forward. He's a centre forward that can play longer in his life. Players burn out quickly with pace. Players with that kind of physicality play longer careers. And he's got a brain. And he's got a brain as well. Technically unbelievable. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Seven weeks ago today, uh, the uh, takeover was agreed with 777 Partners. A lot has happened since at Everton, that is for sure. Um, yesterday, Sean Dyche was saying that even if 77 Partners do eventually uh, take over the club, and the last we heard that they provide to fail, they pr- failed to provide, failed yeah. to provide uh, funds to the FCA to uh, to show that they had the, the, no, the, the they proof of funds. No, they failed to provide certain order proof to the of funds, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, he is unlikely to have any money to spend in January either way. Um, they're trying to renegotiate a deal with Spurs over Delhi Alley. They confirmed Sensible. that. Uh, because if he plays 20 games, they have to stump up 10 million quid. What does it say about the, the plight of the club financially? I, I don't think the Delhi Alley thing is about the finances to do with Everton. I think that's more to do with you want to spend 10 million quid on a player you know, that hasn't been very good so far. And otherwise, we're going to bomb them out. So, mm-hmm. if I were Spurs, you want to get something out of that deal, I would renegotiate. A couple of million when you hit 20, a couple of million more when you hit 30. Otherwise, they're just going to put them out on loan again. Mm. So, that's prudent if Spurs do that. Regards Everton, Sean Dyche, what is it, five wins and seven? Fair play to him. Even with everything going on, you have to say he's a very competent manager. And if he has nothing to spend in January, he'll still finish top 14 with Everton. Mm. It's the deductions they have to worry about if those things come into effect. I don't know a lot about the 777 thing, I don't know a lot who they are. Simon could probably go into a bit more detail. Um, but they're obviously going to do a deal. Um, let's see what happens. Let's see how it plays out. 
How crucial is that proof of funds thing and for the FCA? And does that mean that it will stall? Or are they just waiting here for the resolution of the punishment from the Premier League? Um, could be all of the above. But I, I certainly think that um, the obligations upon them to make sure that they are who they say they are and they do what they, do, what they say they're going to do is incumbent upon the Premier League as much as it is the FCA. The FCA is a compliance issue. The Premier League is an acceptance issue. They're two different things. And I don't really understand why the FCA are involved in it besides the structuring of the fact that it's a private equity business that has to show where its funds have come from. And I'm sure they'll be able to do that. And if you listen to different versions of the same story, they're suggesting they've done precisely what they need to do and the FCA are being anally retentive about it all. So we will see whether they're the right, whether they're the right move. This is not people that are interested in Everton Football Club. This is not people that are interested in Everton Football Club as a going concern and a long-term project. This is a flip. This is a media deal that gives them an opportunity to be able to make some money from it. Now, of course, the, the, you'll have mutual interest because if Everton stink and get relegated to the Championship, they're not going to get any return on their money. So they'll have some degree of indexing to this football club. But if you look at the history of their investments... And this may be the exception because this is proper grown-up stuff. This is the big boy league. This isn't the leagues they've invested in previously. This is a league that has opportunities to turn football clubs into something significantly greater than buying a Belgian football club yeah. or a Swiss football, Swiss football club or a Dutch or whoever they've bought. So there's a variety of things, and I think it's important not to judge people before they've walked in the door. I would have reservations about them, but the alternative is Farhid Mashiri. And whatever people say about Mashiri... And however much he may well or may not have funded, I've been told that he's funded the development of the new stadium. I'm not sure that's right, but the person that told me is very well healed and believes it is. Um, and you can't argue with the decline. And, and you know, we also know that Mashiri, if they hadn't had someone in funding them through the COVID situation, they probably would have been in real trouble then. Yeah. But notwithstanding it, when you've got a football club that's from 2016 to 2023 has changed beyond all recognition and the common denominator is the owner, they've spent five or six hundred million quid, not 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 net, but uh, but not not um, not net spend because of, obviously because they've netted off some some of the uh, sales they've got, but they've still spent really massive amounts of money to be sitting fourth and bottom in the league in the last mm. two years in financial ruin as a result of potentially finding themselves a consequence of being two hundred and fifty million quid over the financial fair play limits in a three year period, and they'll go around the route of saying we've got allowable adjustments. They'll go around the route of being able to bring in the stadium costs now to be able to make them allow adjustments. But they've also the club that are suggesting that they've got a hundred million worth of COVID losses that no other football club has got but whilst all those players. arguments go on Sean Dyche has got to try and put together well, a side that keeps them in the well, Premier League he's done brilliant and he's got enough so to do far. It. But what if, they, to if do they get it. hamstrung by a 12 point deduction or a 6 point deduction then that job becomes a lot harder doesn't it uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen Obviously, I, I know that's what's been out there I know that's been leaked or whatever it is but I don't think 6, 12 points I think it'll be a big fine I think it'll be a suspended points deduction um, there'll be a slap on the wrist they want new owners in there, the Premier League. They want Everton to survive. Mm. I think you start going down the point deduction route, trying to send them into the toilet, the new owners could run away. That could be catastrophic. But I think, that th do you know why? I, I, I'm in the same camp as you. My default mm. setting was, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Right? And of course, the Man Cities of the world will be sitting there waiting for it not to happen Correct. because precedent will be created. The other side of the argument is, the Premier League is having a battle with the idea that an independent regulator is coming in and yeah. can't clean it. So they want to do something. They want to do something. Yeah, but right? then, then Man City's got to be next, I, I suppose, I, with all their well, sanctions. Then, and then, and possibly, and, when we're talking about hence why I don't Chelsea. think the points deduction well, will happen. I didn't think that either. But the, the, the conventional wisdom coming out of certain quarters is now erring towards some form of point sanction, not 12. Maybe three. 
maybe three or six. They'll stay up. I three. do think they're going to get a point sanction. Yeah. I think they're going to get something unless they've got a very credible argument. Because don't forget, the bleeding accountants that have been working with this business have signed off these accounts, yeah. both to the Premier League and to Companies House. Yeah. So they're going to have to stand up arguments. And I've also understood that the Premier League's first presentation wasn't the most impressive. They've got their act together, but notwithstanding that, Everton have got a case to put forward that their allowable adjustments are sustainable. And it's an independent yeah. panel that are going to decide. I think the problem you're going to have is whatever the decision is. Presenting to the independent yes, panel. Absolutely. That's my point. Will other clubs sue? Will there be lawsuits? How can that's they? The problem. Well, I don't know. Well, how can they? Well, that's well, what's been threatened, isn't how it? How can they? Well, the rules are the rules. The rules are the rules until they're not, and there's a new precedent, so I well, don't you, know. But again, as a, as a former owner to an owner, right? Yep. you know the rules. Yep. You sign up to them. If you want the rules changed, then you change the rules. Oh, of course. So by definition, you can't ta you can't change them retrospectively, not the HMRC. right? The bottom line is, is that if the consequence for breaching financial fair play is a sanction from a from a menu of sanctions. Yeah. That's what you as club owners signed up for. You can't go then go around the back door and say, well, actually, I'm going to sue people for it because the courts are going to send you back to your own industry and go, your own industry provides a solution. Tough. I understand exactly what you're saying, but it doesn't mean it won't happen. It doesn't mean you can't threaten it. I've seen Fishing it also. In, well, in the championship, I've seen clubs do it, even though in the rules, if you go to court, you're going to probably lose and they'll be getting settlements. Because they were trying to sell their clubs as at a the shakedown. Time. I understand that. Yeah. yeah, and there's always a shakedown because there's enough ambulance chasers out there representing. Mm. Okay, you know, so be interesting to see how it plays out. And it was interesting to see what happens with Seven Seven Partners, who also at this moment in time own Vasco Vasco da Gama in Brazil, Red Star in Paris, Genoa in Italy, Standard Liège in Belgium. Uh, they do have a share in Sevilla. They also own uh, a minority stake in Melbourne Victory, but are expected to extend that over the next five years to a seventy percent stake. And hey. And Hertha, they own 64%. Fascinating, this multi-club ownership of, idea, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Hertha, yes, and all of those clubs have suffered quite badly over the last few years as well, which is a bit of uh, a concern. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We're going to talk a little bit about Graham Potter because it's rumoured that he's going to be in for the Sweden international manager's job. Is that the perfect environment for him to rebuild? Or... Is it a little bit too early to start going back into uh, the Scandinavian football? Too for early for me. I, listen, I know I know he has history there. I know that's where he, he came from football-wise. But I said to you guys during the break, he needs to just take his dough for the moment, sit and wait for the right job, whether it be the England job, whether it be if the Brighton manager gets a bigger job, that might be a great fit for him to go back to Brighton. Um, I rate him so highly. I think, without, with all due respect to the Swedish fans out there, that that job's below him right now at this stage in his career with how young he is. Well, they haven't they haven't qualified for the, the, the next major tournament, yeah. the Euro 2024, Graveyard. so he's not going to be out of play. They'll need that there. job. Um, is he someone that should be considered at a Premier League team the next time yes. a job comes available? Yes, I, I think it would be very harsh with everything going on at Chelsea, with the changes, with the new ownership, the amount of sign-ins, to judge him on that small period of time. So what sort of level should he come back in at? Um, I still think anywhere in the Premier League. any You can go top 10, top 15. Every club in the Premier League nowadays, they're all big clubs, bar maybe the two or three who are coming up to go down again. Um, he should be up for any job that comes up that's, say, not a top four job at the moment. He's going to have to rebuild his reputation a little bit. Like I said, the right fit for him would probably be Brighton if the Brighton manager jumped to a so-called bigger job. But I just think, yeah, he doesn't need to go to Sweden. Or he sits out and waits for Southgate to maybe fluff his lines in another major tournament semi-final and steps in there if Southgate moves on. He was rumoured as a possible Manchester United manager no, if Ten Hag moved on. No. Would you no. include him in that list? No, no not at all. No. I mean, I don't... Look, I don't know why... I mean, Sweden are 23rd in, in, the, in the FIFA rankings. So they're not an inconsequential side. So he's not going to a footballing backwater. Um, but I don't see the upside in that for him. 
I don't see why a domestic manager that's that's built himself a decent reputation, started off by being at Oster Sands in that shock outcome against Arsenal in a game, built a reputation, came into Swansea, got into Brighton. Everything at Brighton touched at this moment in time is going wonderfully well. Even his departure got them 20 million quid. He goes into Chelsea and it was always going to be a challenge, challenging situation for him, new ownership model. The fallout with Tuchel, which I think was justified. Tuchel's yeah. behaviour brought about a reaction from the owner, which would have brought about a reaction from most owners. If he'd have behaved that way with any owner, irrespective of his achievements previously, I think he'd have got his walking papers and then compound that with some poor starts in the beginning of the season. And you've got little currency with a new ownership. Potter, for me, look, if you can make a case for Gary O'Neill to get the Wolves job, then you can make a case for Graham Potter to have a Premier League job. Do I think he's a top six Premier League manager? Probably not. But I do I think there are opportunities that will come his way that are probably more fitting. And Brighton may well be it. There's an irony about football. There's a, there, there was no ill will between Potter and Brighton. He would be still probably the Brighton manager now if Chelsea had well, come we'll, a poach I'll ask you in a minute why you think that Roberto De Zerbi is so certain to move on. I'll come back to that in just a second. But let me ask you about Graham Potter and whether you would think that, bearing in mind that Roy Hodgson... We, we don't know yeah, how long he's going to be around he'd be in, the for, conversation. in terms of how long he's going to be at the the football yeah. club anymore. I mean, should not Crystal Palace be thinking about yeah. him in their long-term uh, he, planning? He would, well, absolutely he'd be in the conversation. Would that be difficult because of his relationship with Brighton? You've had that before. You had Alan Mullery manage Brighton and go and manage Palace. It's not like you've had Stevie Koppel. You know, I fired him from Palace. He ends up going to manage Brighton. It's the way that the world works. We're sometimes. in the 21st century now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the, 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 the if people want to make it about that, they mm. can make it about it. And it's not quite like George Graham leaving Arsenal to go to Tottenham at that in that in that, in that time with the, the raging rivalry between Tottenham and Arsenal. It's different. I mean, albeit Brighton and Palace have a pretty serious rivalry. Look, I think he he should be in a conversation. The times that I've spoken to him, I think he's a very bright fella. I think he's a very forthright fella. I think he, he, he stands his ground. I was disappointed with some of the things that he was saying when he was in Chelsea's dugout. And I thought from the outset, this is going to be a difficult job for you. I'm not sure that you've got... The, the, there was an argument made by Ibrahimovic recently about Ten Hag having not experienced managing big players. But he managed a Dutch team that had decent size, decent players in it in a league that has expectations of Ajax. But even he is struggling with the Man United situation. What chance would Graham Potter have coming from a very well-run very organised, but not so much focused on Brighton, to a Chelsea side just being taken over for the, the world's biggest purchase of a football club with an American owner telling everybody that he's not screwing around and spending money yeah. like a drunken sailor. Bedlam for a new manager. Bedlam. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I think he'll get back in the job, and I don't think he needs. I, I mean, how much of a rumor and how much reality is this? Well, I don't know, but I would be surprised if Graham Potter ends mm. up as Sweden's manager. Well, the Swedish FA Secretary General uh, Andrea Morleberg confirmed that Potter is among the names under consideration. Well, so that's fine, it, but it's, it's, it's not. But that's not their, would they be paying millions? But that's their consideration. Not, it won't be great money, will it? It's, it's it's not international but that's football. their consideration, not his. I don't suppose I he's, he's got, got his agent Chelsea throwing girl. his hat in the job no. for Sweden. That, 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 that's a poor story for me. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Okay. Um, you said that Roberto De Zerbi, or you seem convinced Roberto De Zerbi will end up moving on to, 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 to other things. Why? I just think it's a course of action. It's it's what Brighton do. They create, bring through talent, whether it's manager or players, and for the right price, they'll move on. It's what makes them a great club that don't stand in people's way. You know, clubs that size, you stand in people's way, it becomes a problem to keep recruiting people like that. Mm. So I think eventually, it might not be this season, he will go to a so-called bigger club. It's That's not just so, the evolution of it's football. It's not so clear now where the vacancy might lie because mm. I don't see him as a Manchester United manager. But 
you know, I would have seen him as a Tottenham Hotspur manager in a different guise, mm. but they've got one in there. They've got a live one in there now, and I think Postacoglu, I don't think Tottenham will win the league, but I think they're going to have an impressive season, which is what I thought they'd have in the first place. And it'll be interesting to see where the vacancy might find itself, because if you look at the clubs at the top end of the division, they all look like they've got managers that are here for... for what about Newcastle? They don't do the Champions League this year. Yeah. Let's say he doesn't win a cup. Let's say they finish fifth or sixth. Owned by the richest people in the world they or whatever sound pretty else. Stable, what though. Well, let me Under, understand that. Stable. Understand that. They're stable till they're not, as yeah, regards but results. They're ambitious. Yeah. And, and they're ambitious. And they want, they want it all. Let me ask you a question because I make this observation yep. that it's in no way critical of Eddie Howe. Sure. I don't think he leads them to the ultimate promised land. Sure. In terms of the Saudis aren't here to participate, they're here to win the league. They're yep. here to achieve something in English football. Yep. He surprised and, you before, though. Well, of course he surprised me. I nearly me. hired him. Of, of course he surprised me. I flew me. in to interview him for the job at Peter when we were in the mm. championship and he was League Two. He bottled it at the last moment. He'd agreed to come and see us. Yeah. I flew specifically in to see him. Bottled it or changed his mind? No, he, he basically like thought, oh, I can't because it was obviously behind the owner's back. This was back in the day. And in the end, then he, he wouldn't worry about it that the, way, would you? Every, you know everyone So he's works got a moral way. compass. So he, no, he doesn't because he'd he agreed everything. And then obviously at the last moment, it was like, oh, I better not do this. And whatever, but I loved him from day one. I yeah. thought he was perfect. Do you for think us. he? My point was, do, do I, I think he'll win the Premier League title? No, that's my point. No. Did you think he would get in the Champions League last season? With the squad he had and no. took on, and so many of them are still from the previous regime of no. Steve Bruce. Absolutely not. So why he's, can't he surprise you again? I think he's a brilliant manager. I just think the competition with Klopp, Arteta, Man City does does he move the needle to pip them to the title? With what he's got right now, no. I'd like to see. Two more windows of recruitment, and then I'll answer the question better. Do I think he's a future England manager? Yes. Do I think he could go from Newcastle and manager Man City? No, in my opinion. But I do I rate him as a top-class coach. Yeah, I think all that's fair. And that's the analysis. I, every time, because I, people take criticism, uh, people take a constructive observation which is laced with compliments, yeah. but not giving you the full nine yards as some form of criticism. Yeah. There is no criticism in saying that Eddie Howe has done a wonderful job at Newcastle. They're a great team to watch. Yeah. They're in ascendancy, but likely he might be a gatekeeper for someone coming and picking up the trail that he's laid. That's not a criticism. Mm. It just happens to be a constructive observation, and which also, will be right uh, or wrong. Uh, also, yeah. Ultimately, that's what happens to everyone. No, well, no, no one stays forever, do they? No. I mean, especially in football. But the average he, tenure but, is 18 but, months. No, but they'd like to get a Klopp period but, out of it. But him. the idea is that Klopp, Klopp's been at, at Liverpool and been brought in and given three and a half years to win a Premier League, which he duly did. Yeah. Didn't win very much for the first couple of years. Got away with a $64 million smile that yeah. everyone liked. Well, he got to a couple of finals. And lost. Yeah, he was a serial loser. That's and they exactly, didn't stop there, exactly but he went right. from being a serial loser to being a serial but winner. But they obviously noticed there was facets of him which could take them to the next level. Oh, absolutely. No, 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 but Liverpool's model is very different from other yeah, people's right. models because yeah. Liverpool's model was they managed to buy people like Edison and they managed, not Edison, uh, uh, Allison. But and they managed to change the mentality they, of the coach, though, well, does they, it? The fact is that, like, a bit like Eddie Howe, he's got really close. He got to the final of the league. Well, it Cup. does. He may well get the most of You haven't heard my argument. My argument was that Liverpool were, were only spend what they bring in. Coutinho paved the way yeah. for buying Virgil van Dyke and Alisson Newcastle don't have that challenge they'll be they'll try to stick within the confines of financial fair play but the Saudis are not interested until they don't, until they don't. <laughs> and so the Saudis are interested in doing one thing which is doing precisely what they want yeah. and that means providing the necessary funding to build Newcastle into a Premier League football club the best in Man City. and the best in class yep. and that means spending a lot of money and right now they're doing it on a basis of £150 million yeah. every season that will soon escalate to 200 I'd like to see two more windows for Eddie Howe yeah arguably as financial fair play and that 
plan to keep within it mm. actually helped anyhow at this moment in time because uh, therefore the expectation has not yeah. been raised. So, so you week. didn't have a Chelsea situation whereby mm. Eddie Howe goes in there and suddenly they're spending 500 million and they've got 20 players in the building. I think what's worked for him and his number two is they're very good man managers and good coaches and they took a, a group of players who were down on their luck, bruised and battered from the previous regime and they lifted them. And then they sprinkled in a few signings. They added a bit of quality to the squad. But if you look at who beat United 3-0 the other night, seven of the 11 were under Steve Bruce yeah. that were there. So what he's done is he's given them the confidence to be the players they all thought they could they be. They played two fullbacks at 10 and a half. But they're not winning the title with that squad. But it doesn't mean in two windows time they won't have a squad to win the title. The question is, can the manager win that title? I guess we'll find out. Mm. I'd like to see him given every opportunity because, again, I'm a massive fan. Um, Jason Tinder was the number two. Yep. Dresses very smartly. Loves looks, a picture. Loves a picture. Yep. Yeah. And a sandbag. I like Jason. That's where I got the, uh, yep. the jacket from. Great teeth. I like to know his dentist. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He loves a sunbed, I think, as well. Even that, or he gets on a lot of breaks. Uh, but they good, work. He's a good they character. Work. That yeah. is the sort of yin and yang, yeah, isn't it? They the, work. The, the, the relationship that works. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Jim will be back on Monday morning to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.